Ask the Podcast Coach for October 31st, 2020. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting. Dot com And joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Good to be back in the home studios here in Omaha, Nebraska, or Bellevue, Nebraska is really where I live. And you're you're in a new spot. Nicely done. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm here. I'm not officially 100% done yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm in. I yeah, moved or- up. You own a home. You're never done. Yeah, I, I moved from the lovely metropolis of Cuyahoga Falls, home of Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders, to back to Akron, Ohio. Actually, in the house I grew up in. Basically, I'm in what used to be my parents' bedroom. So, but it's been creepy re- at all. Is that creepy at all? A little creepy. Yeah, it's there's, <laughs> you'll get used to it. Yeah, but you, you know what I don't get used to though is coffee. Like I oh. always, I always need coffee. Dave, who who helps us with the coffee? Yeah, this is our our good friend Mark over podcast branding. Dot co. If you are starting a podcast or if you're ready just to upgrade your podcast, you're like, look, how can I take my podcast to the next level? You can make it look a whole lot better by visiting Mark over at podcastbranding.co. He can give you a logo. He can give you new cover art. If you need a new website, anything that you want to look really, really pretty, well, then it's super easy. The guy you want to go talk to is Mark over at podcastbranding.co. And uh, he will definitely get you going. What's great about Mark is he works with you one-on-one. Like he's not going to just go like, what's your show? And then pull up a template. He's going to figure out what is your brand, kind of what's the vibe of your show and make sure that your brand fits your show and uh, get you going in the right direction to where people will be going, wow, that looks really, really good. Like they do when they see the School of Podcasting brand. So thanks to Mark for helping out the show here again. Find him over at podcastbranding.co. So Jim, you were over... I guess it's close enough to Boston. We call it Boston. Yeah, North Boston is kind of what I've been what what I've been saying. Actually, Salem, New Hampshire, which is just on the other side of the border there in New Hampshire, two guys smoke uh, shop two weeks ago now because we took last week off. Which yeah, it seems like last week, but we took last Saturday off, got out and did the leaves. Yeah, but I got a chance to hang out with with Ed Sullivan, a listener of the show and a sponsor of the show. Full disclosures, he he is a Patreon um, subscriber here, as well as uh, Dave Groffalo, who joined us for this show from the studios last week. Dave, it was or two weeks ago. I was on the other side, you know. So it was Dave and I in the studios. Which, by the way, that like that's a pretty amazing setup that they have there, you know, they've got the table and headphones and it's, it's, you know, the producer's booth is right there. You've seen it. It's pretty great. Yeah. I did get them to upgrade their TV though. So like, you know, that little, they had, they've had like a little 24 inch monitor in there. I was like, come on, you could go bigger. So Ed, I think Ed bought a 40 inch or something and installed it this week. So they've got an upgrade, but give me a little feedback, like from you, from on the other side of things, what was it? how, How do we do? How was the, How's the sound? How's the flow? Those kinds of things. Oh, it sounded great. Look great. You know, it's a great setup there. And the the hardest part was, because you guys are right there, is yeah. having the conversation, was trying to kind of not interrupt you guys, but yet still be part of the conversation. Right, it was kind right. Of but no, it, <laughs> it looked great and some great insights from different. Dave. It is a little different, isn't it, when you've when you're interviewing two people who are physically together, like they're there, 
that feels different than this kind of scenario. If we had had, if we had brought Dave in as a third member here, it would be mm-hmm. easy between the three of us to get that conversation going. I too, at times felt like I'm not giving Dave enough talk time. <laughs> like it's, we're, we're in this, we're talking, trying to keep Dave. Well, you know, and we had an opportunity to have a guest. He has a, I mean, from right. a business perspective, we just needed to let him run just to be honest. Well, I that mean, was it. Had, and, and my whole thing was that was the weekend before, like I was really packing up stuff the minute the show was over. And I was like, Hey, the less I have to think here, like, you know, I've got a great guest with great content in a great studio. Just let the guy go. And he had great yeah. content. So, yeah, his book, by the way, that we, we talked about, mm-hmm. I think David versus Goliath. Yeah. I've, I've got on the shelf back there. 101 like ideas. If you're a podcaster and you're struggling with different ways of doing now, the, the book's written, I wouldn't say necessarily just for brick and mortar stores or just for people who are in person, but there, I think there's some great tips and some great ideas in there when, when we think about what we could do online to get audience engagement. So if you haven't seen that yet, we highlighted it two weeks ago on the show. Dave will track it down and put it in the show notes for, for this show. And speaking of books, Dave, how, how, how's your book doing? My book is doing great. I have not, it's weird. I did the typical new podcaster thing where I was like checking every day. And I honestly don't know right now where it is in the, in the charts, but it's, I keep getting people, which is, you know, kind of humbling is on Facebook. They'll, they'll take a picture of them with the book and then tag me on Facebook. So, you know, it's, it seems to be selling well and I've had a lot of good feedback. Haven't looked at the reviews yet. I know I think I have three. Now they've all been good, which is, you know, exciting. Good. But yeah, so it's, and then of course, that's the other thing is, is somewhere in here, I am eventually going to finish recording the audio book. Yeah. I got two yeah. chapters done. I was like, well, we'll, we'll no, do that later. You got, you got a lot of stuff going on to get that done. Yeah. His book, David versus Goliath, David nice. Roth's book. Owner's birthday party. Here's just an example. One of the chapters in owner's birthday party. You could just turn that into, and he's had great success doing this in the brick and mortar space where they invite people in and they have a meal and in his case, you know, cigars and people pay for this. It's not free. Like, you know, one of the dinners is like 200 bucks, but you get tremendous value in this that way. You could, we're, and we're doing this, we're throwing a 10 year anniversary party for home gadget geeks on December 3rd. And so I've been making a big deal about that for the last couple of months. Hey, come out and join us live December 3rd. Home Gadget Geeks is 10 years. We're having some hosts back from years past. We're going to, you know, and, and so you could, and, and then use that as an event to invite kind of more people. Cause I think people will come for a one-time thing yeah. that wouldn't normally come every week. And so uh, a great opportunity to kind of highlight things that are going on. You know, you took us in a blast from the past last <laughs> week. Holy cow. I listened to that. When did I listen to that? Oh, I was out doing something the other day and I listened to that and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> it was, well, I, I always wondered how long we've been doing the show. And it's weird yeah. that I started, I did like one episode and then didn't do anything for like two years and then I brought it back to test blog talk. And then you like came on a couple months after that. Mm-hmm. And the, the original episodes were just, it was just obvious for me that I was recording stuff that nobody was ever supposed to listen to. It was just right. horrendously right. bad. 
And then when you came on, I was laughing because I was like, I think I just heard the birth of the podcast rodeo show where we start listening to another show. We did that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. We did that for a while on the, on the very early shows. I noticed our chemistry wasn't well, and it wouldn't have been, we just had started. And right. so knowing, knowing we're going to go, how to set each other up, those kinds of things weren't as smooth. It actually, it wasn't as bad when, when uh, Ed Sullivan had listened to it before me and <laughs> he said, Dave posted, you know, you guys just very first show. And I was like, Oh no. So I went and listened to it. Not actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Nah. And I was surprised it was only 30 minutes. I was like, well, we're at 30 yeah. minutes. That's enough. And I was like, really? Yeah. We just did 30 minutes. I was like, well, I think in that, in those days, so you weren't even sure we were going to do this no. long term. It was kind of like, let's give it a try and see how it goes. And which I think is a great way to, when you think about this, it could have gone, I mean, it could have gone off the rails and just not been that good. And we could have just decided after, I don't know, a month or two, like, yeah, this isn't really working. I think, maybe the chat room was, was part of the success story in this and that we got instant feedback from the chat room pretty quick and it allowed us to, cause this, that was even pre blab, right? The, the, yeah, that was pre blab. We started with, Hangouts? we started with blog talk radio. No. Yeah. That was originally, really? that was the whole idea was I wanted to test blog talk radio. Oh, yikes. And then we went from blog talk I think we went to Spreaker for a while because Spreaker actually has a a chat thing. And then Blab yeah. came along and then Google Hangouts. And then for a while we had, I can't remember the name of the chat system. It was a separate chat system that we had. Oh, yeah, I used it too. I had a little bird. Yeah, and then it, um, it went out of business because free is such a great business model. And about that time we switched about that time when, when that, when Google Hangouts went out is when StreamYard really came on strong chat wing. Yeah. I don't know if they went out of business. And they, they got bought by somebody. Cause if you go to chatwing.com, I think it goes to somebody else. Oh, chat roll is yeah. now it switches to chat roll. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I had worked with them. Okay. Well, I guess it's been a while since they've been out there. Well, I guess the point is, well, one, good for you for finding the first episode or, or what we thought. There's actually, I think, two episodes two weeks before that of me jumping in helping you. Ah, And then I think we said, hey, let's tr- let's just do this. Like you, I think after that second one, you were like, you want to make a show out of this? And <laughs> so like, you want to keep doing it? I was like, yeah, let's. And that I think what you played last week was that was kind of that show. Because I remember jumping in just to help you out uh, for a couple weeks in a row. I'll have to go we, dig that out. We, no, don't. No, please <laughs> Please don't. I like our new stuff way better yeah. than I than I like our old stuff. But I, I think the podcast lesson in that is that we could have, and it it was a test, and we tried it. We weren't afraid to fail, and so we jumped in. We didn't know each other very well. I had interviewed you like once. I think you'd had me on the school of podcasting like once, and we just thought it'd be fun, yeah. and and so we did it. I still think we do this, and you know, you've got a sponsor, and we got some some good things going on here. But I still think we do this because it's fun. Like that's yeah. that's why I show up on Saturday mornings because it's just a blast. I was actually excited last night. Like I was like, "Ooh, tomorrow's Ask the Podcast Coach." I haven't done it for a while. Yeah, Looking forward to, no, to getting back into it. Yeah, it's super fun. I it's just that's the funnest thing I do. In it, I think in podcasting, you know, it's the, even even my own show and the Gallup stuff is okay. I enjoy doing it, but this is. This is a lot of fun. I mean, I just love hanging out. I think when you find that, it's rare, by the way, when you find those kinds of things where they're they're fun and you look forward to them. Dave, we've been doing this every Saturday for six years. Yeah. And you still have Saturday mornings, and I do too. Like, 
I did too. I was like, Oh, well, we missed last week. We, we get to be back on. Yeah. So it's just a ton of fun. I think when you, when you line all that stuff up, it's pretty great. Well, well, speaking of fun, how fun was it? Cause you got to go on speaking of Dave and Boston, you got to go yeah. on their show. Right. And, and this is fun to, to give feedback to someone's face. That's gotta yeah. be, was it awkward? Was it? No. Well, no. And you know, I, I had a couple of weeks, three, four five weeks to kind of think about what I was going to say. And they had set me up to trash the show. That was kind of the idea, right? Dave was trying to build tension because that's what brings people to listen, right? right? And they've been on a run. The Cigar Authority is a show, right? TheCigarAuthority.com. If you want to go back and listen to that and me on the show. Yes, we're smoking cigars. So if you don't like that, don't, don't go watch it. But TheCigarAuthority.com. They had set me up three or four weeks ahead of time as this the podcast coach coming in to to tell them everything they're doing wrong. And Dave Groflo had even recorded a segment between you and me where I had said to you, they're doing everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he cut that out and played it on the show and had, had talked about it. They, they do a lot of things right. This was the hard part was that they're doing a lot of things right. I mean, Dave, that podcast makes great money on advertising, right? I mean, it is, it blows away. I, it's got to be in the top 1% when we think about money making podcasts oh, that, that are out there. I mean, so he's doing it right from an advertising standpoint. They've got great guest synergy between or a host synergy between them. Each host has a role, which is really, really important. And they stick to their roles. Mm. Like they know that they play a part. They are a player in on a stage. They play a part and they, they don't go out of character. They stay in character during these podcasts. Now those characters are very similar to their own personalities, but they, they kind of amp them up a little bit, right? Just they, they kind of overplay those personalities. It would be like if you played Binky and the Wiz all the time, right? You know, for that, for that. So no, I didn't have a hard time. There were some things, you know, his backdrop's a little bright. His, com some of his commercials are a little dated you know, they were made with bad equipment. We talked about, you know, sometimes they struggle to read things, you know, how hard it is to read things on a podcast, you know, and I, and I told him just read them in advance. Like that'll help. If you know, if you read them out loud and you know what they sound like it, that, just reading them one or two times in advance will out loud, not to yourself <laughs> out loud, hear yourself, read them. That can go so much farther. And Jonathan does that a lot on that show. And, and I, I think he'll get better as he reads them out loud. So no, I didn't, I didn't struggle to, to find things. I did highlight some things they were doing right. So they're, they're doing a lot of things, right? That is the key though. When it, it's one thing to read a presentation or anything and you're like, okay, I got it. I know what I'm going to say. You have to do that. You have to actually it's weird when I do any kind of presentation that, you know, I'm doing a talk or a speech or something like that. I always, it's weird. I will be walking around the hotel room doing the presentation and figuring out where I'm going to stand when I say this and that, because half of it is just getting, because all of a sudden you find out that you've come up with a sentence that does not roll off the tongue. You understand oh. the words. And all of a sudden you're like, I cannot say advocate, advocate, whatever that word is. And you're like, let's find a different word for that. And all the other fun stuff. So, but well, that's I, cool. I did, I, I did discover this. If I were to do, if I were to do it differently mm -hmm. and I have to remind myself of this when I'm on, when I'm a guest on other people's shows, talk less about like, let me give you an example. So in the very beginning of the show, Dave says it, Hey, is this cigar? We're smoking the very first cigar. Is this cigar in the care package? And I said, I don't think so. That's not my role in the job in the, in the, I'm the guest. Mm. Like 
it's not my job to answer that. And, and I was wrong, by the way. It was part of the care package. And I threw off the vibe of, mm. of that segment. Dave always says, is this in the care package? And Barry says it is. And like, that's their thing. I, I, I still regret. I mean, that, that moment in the show, it's like, Jim, you don't need to talk or answer every question. Let you're the guest, but let things roll. And so it's, it was always a reminder to me, like, Hey, if you don't, if you're the guest and you don't know the answer, say, I don't know, <laughs> like, or, right. Or, or, and especially that's a show I've watched a lot of. And, and so I know what they're supposed to do. I entered into the realm of a space that I wasn't invited into and I should have kept my mouth shut. So I think, you know, when you think of those kinds of things, there are times if I'm going to be self-critical on that, because I went back and listened to it a couple of days later, I listened to the whole thing beginning to end to critique myself on that. How did I do as a guest? That was, I think that's probably the one major thing I would, I would say, I you know, keep your mouth shut. It's funny. You say that one of the things I've been doing is going back. And as I was interviewed, you know, Fairmont for the book is I've gone back and listened to my interviews. Cause I know I always listen to me as a host, but I wanted to listen to me as a guest. And the thing I've, I've noticed there are times that I get done and I go, okay, that was a cool answer. But did it really answer the question? Because so many times somebody will ask me a question and I'll go off on a story. Oh, I know this person that does such and such. And I'm like, all I need to do is at the end of that story say, and that's why you can make money with a small audience because such and because that was like the question. I need to like just make sure that remember what you asked me about two minutes ago? Yes. that The answer is yes. And that long story helped illustrate that. But it was just one where I got to the end and I was like, wait, what was the question? That was a cool story. But like, what did they actually ask me? And I was like, maybe that's another thing. Maybe, maybe find a way to consolidate. Because I always ask people, I go, how long is your show? Like, do you want the small, medium or large answer? Because I can usually do, you know, one of each. And, uh, you know, so if it's like, oh, well, we try to keep it under 20 minutes. Okay, let's give them the short answer. And if it's like, oh, there's no time limit. Okay, we'll, we'll do the long answer kind of thing. Uh, I think the other thing on that show, Dave, was that it's a pretty aggressive. I mean, the audience is pretty aggressive when it comes to feedback and they have no like they've kind of built it that way for for the audience members to be really, really critical of things on the show. Mm. And so uh, both during the show and the week after I got hammered pretty hard for some things that I either did or I said or. You know, I think in the chat room, the, the day of as live as we're recording, somebody put in the chat room, who is this guy? I don't think he's ever seen this show one time, (laughs) you know, kind of deal with those kinds of things. And in all three of the emails referenced me the next week of, you know, Hey, this don't change that, these kinds of things. So, you know, I think also you have to have a little bit of a thick skin in this, like it would be easy to get super defensive. In fact, as I was re-listening to the after show, no, I guess I was listening to the show itself again via audio. It got me thinking about some things and I thought, oh, I'm going to fire an email back. And then I thought, you know what? No, that's the, the vibe of the show is, is that kind of dialogue. And we achieved it. We got audience engagement by people responding. That's what we, that's the power of that, right? Well, I was going to ask you about that. How was Dave, when you gave him any kind of like, hey, you might want to no. think about doing this. Was he defensive? Was he open to it? 
Well, so in the beginning of that show, they use a cowbell, right? He goes, you know, they, they, they have a recorded intro, which is really, really cool. And then he comes in and rings the bell and says, you know, says welcome. And yeah. this is a cigar, a cigar authority date. Blah, blah. He, I, I said the cowbell was a little hokey. Like, I'm not so sure the cowbell works, Dave. It took me a while to get used to it. Like, I'm used to it now. So I said that. The next week, no cowbell. I felt a little bad because that cowbell is like a part of the show. It's mm. it's an institutional. It was put in a couple of years ago. He told me the story behind it. When I was listening to the, the next week's, that's what I was doing. I took my daughter uh, back to Northwest last Saturday. So I was listening to the show after the one I was on. And no cowbell. And I thought, oh, Maybe I should send him a note <laughs> and say, put it back in. It's really a good part of the show. So, but how did he take it? He took it fine. He was a champ. I mean, on that, he, we actually, I didn't like their background. So we monkeyed with the background colors during the breaks and it, we didn't get there. And I, I'm not sure necessarily I'd change it, but you know, he was open. He is very open to change. I, I got to give him that. He, if you like, they have this little tiny monitor up in the, you know, in the big studio, they have this little tiny 24 inch. Well, 24 is not that small, but when you put it, you know, 20 feet away, it's pretty small. So I said, you know, you could upgrade that thing. The next week, Ed Sullivan had a new TV, I think a 32, 40 inch, something like that big TV that they installed up there. So he, he listened to a few of the things and said, yeah, this, we, we could do a few things differently. But Dave, if you're listening now, Dave Garofalo, if you're listening now, Put the bell back in. Put the cowbell back in. I, I'm sorry. That was a good well, part of it. What I would look for is, did the audience send him email and go, hey, where's the cowbell? We, we yeah. need more cowbell. Somebody had to yeah, say that. Sure. You know, because that's where I remember when I had feedback and somebody said, you need to get the cat. Like, no more. I'm sick of Bernie. And I had yeah. so many people like, don't you dare take out Bernie. I love Bernie. That's what makes things you know, great. So that would be my question is if the audience like didn't say, please leave the cowbell in, I, that gets me jazzed yeah. when I hear it. Eh, maybe, you know. Well, it, and it could have been a genius move to take it out and then see what kind of response he did get on that. I mean, how great is that to hear that dialogue the next week, take it out and then see what kind of response. Again, it creates audience engagement, right? It encourages people to state their opinion and write right. in or call email in or whatever. Right. And so I think it's, I, I think it's genius. If that's what he was doing, that's another great opportunity, but Dave put the cowbell back. <laughs> it's got a really, it's got a really good story behind it. So, um, you know, the, Dave, the other thing I think that I saw a lot as I spent time with them is a lot of their show segments like ours grew out of things that happened in a show one time, or they got feedback on and they just kept doing and so, you know, and they have these little game segments that they do, you know, these little, they'll either read a story or they've got a game where you got to guess some trivia or they do, they do this one where, hey, for $10,000, would you do this? They do them often enough that I think they, they signal parts of the show for people so they know where they're at and they're super consistent. His show notes are amazing. Like he handed me a, a two pager front and back whole show outlined the way they were going to do it. It doesn't look like it's that way. I mean, in some cases it does, but man, how helpful was it to me as a guest to know where they were going so that I could help them uh, do that. Right. I would know, Hey, we can't spend four hours on this whole first segment. <laughs> like we, we need to move on. We've got other segments to do. looks like my videos, maybe getting jittery. You got a little okay? jittery there for a bit. Yeah. I will say that's one thing I liked about moving same exact company, 
I tested before I left. I was getting, is it nine megs per second? I think that's what mm. the, yeah. I was getting nine megs per down and up. And when I moved here, cause I was paying for like the super, you know, big shot, smarty pants, give me the fastest thing you got. And that's the thing I loved. I'm getting 400 down and I think 20 up or something like that. So that was very nice. But one of the things, the reason I asked about how Dave was taking any kind of feedback is I did see a question that kind of ties into this and I forget which group I was in, but her name is Andrea and she says, I'm having a hard time. How many times did you re-edit or redo your first episode before you got it perfect? I think there's the, there's the first problem. It's super hard when both hosts and the editor all have various forms of OCD, LOL edit. I should say we don't want it to be industry perfect. Just, Oh, there you go. Just perfect for us. We just can't, get it quite right. I love these responses, keep them coming. And so for me, my answer, and again, I always flash back to when I was in a band, we would practice in the basement and we went from, we can't get through the song because somebody would mess it up to, Hey, we got through the song to, Hey, you remembered all the lyrics to, you know, all of a sudden we're like, okay, I think we know that song now. And then it was a matter of once we had a few of those, we would bring people over and you needed people that would say that's a little out of your range. You maybe change a different key or something like that. But when we find that people said, Hey, you guys don't suck. That's when we knew it was time to go public. I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Yeah. Well, we're our own worst critics mm-hmm. and is it ever going to be perfect? And especially that very first one, I, th- I, I, I'm, I'm all for though struggling with it. Yeah. Cause you, you need some struggle. If you just record it and do your first, you, you know, it's never as good as you think it is do the first run. So it's striking a balance, I think between perfectionism and just getting it done. And you do, you definitely do not want to lean towards either, either end. You don't want to record it and just release it. You don't want to spend a year editing it right. either. Right. You got to get that thing out and get some, get, get it done. So I'm, I'm kind of in that middle camp of like, I don't know, give it, maybe you need to set a time limit. Like Mm. we've got two weeks to make edits on this thing and then we're going to release it. That, that may be a way. I mean, every situation is different, but that may be a way. Okay. You do have some time to edit it, but we're not going to, we're not going to allow this thing to go on for months. We got two weeks and then whatever we can do in two weeks, we're going to get done. Yeah. The bank says, remember Louie Louie has a massive mistake in the commonly listened to version I still think if you listen to Roxanne by the police and then I think it's after the first chorus and they're all going Roxanne and all of a sudden it it goes to that little break afterwards and you hear Sting go raw. Like he doesn't, it doesn't finish the word Roxanne. It's just raw. And I was like, that sounds like a mistake. Hey, remember Van Halen and jump at the end has a massive, the, the original video has a massive video error where they put a section of video in that didn't match the audio. And it's David Lee Roth turning and going, whatever he does, it's not in the song. So they released it on MTV that way. And I think they got so much backlash. They edited the audio to match the video, (laughs) not the other way around. And so if you ever watch jump, the original jump, you'll see this massive error at the end. Now they ended up fixing it. I think they ruined it by fix. They should have fixed the video, not the, audio. Isn't that amazing? In those days, they would literally shoot those videos in a half a day. They'd come in, play the song a half a dozen times, 
and, was it. and you know, then they were done. Now those videos are millions of dollars. Yeah. To well, the other one that, and you have to really listen for it is if you listen to superstition by Stevie wonder with headphones oh. on, smush them into your head. First of all, it's Stevie wonder playing everything. That's amazing. Stevie wonder is a musical genius, but the bass drum uh, pedal that he's stomping on that then hits the drum has an ever so slight squeak. So at the beginning, when it's that, 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 that if you listen, there's a little eat, eat every time he hits the bass drum. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Well, uh, the the rework on those things can be really, really expensive. So we we released a video just yesterday, a Gallup that has a spelling error in it. In the video, in the in the name as it comes across, we spelled the name right everywhere except in the lower third. It shows up for three seconds. It just killed me. Like and the the production costs to fix that one thing would be would be super high for us right now. I can't just go back for various reasons. I can't just go back in and re-render the video. But it, it, it I'm gonna let it go. It was like uh, I can't. I just can't yeah. for what we're doing. I just can't fix it right now. So it it there's sometimes you gotta let mistakes go. Yeah. Well, speaking of perfect, if you want to uh, a perfect way to help support the show is to be an awesome supporter. And you're like, what do you mean an awesome supporter? All you got to do is go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And we're talking about awesome people that give us $20 every month. It's awesome. And we're talking about people like IndieDropIn.com. This is a podcast network that's kind of connecting listeners with amazing independent creators. So if you're looking to kind of connect with people, check out IndieDropIn.com. Good old Carl over at Carl White's Life in the Carolinas podcast. You can find him at lifeinthecarolinaspodcast.com. Kim Cradgy over at Toastmasters101.net. So if you want to get your public speaking on and uh, learn more about Toastmasters, check out Kim. We just mentioned him earlier, Ed Sullivan, the one and only soniccupcake.com, one of the coolest names for any kind of editing service I've ever heard. Shane over at spybrary.com if you want to, if you're into James Bond and all things spy, check him out. Michael Delaney over at Baby Mountain Radio Productions, where podcasting hard work made fun. BabyMountainRadio.com. Max Trescott over at AviationNewsTalk.com. So if you're into train, not trains, I was going to say planes, trains, and automobiles, but that's not it. It's really just planes, just the planes part. If you, like nothing against trains or, you know, but if you're into planes, Avi- aviation news talk is the place to go. If you want to get your money in order, go check out Greg at debtshepherd.com where he teaches financial wellness. Debtshepherd.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert, here's an update. We love Glenn. He's a great guy. Horseradionetwork.com. He had, they found a, what he called a tumor in his colon. They yanked it out. And if you can have a good version of that, he did. But he had a thing where he couldn't eat. He's dropped like 30 pounds in two weeks. That's nuts. And they finally, he had some sort of weird thingy, and I, I forget what it was, but they found out what it was. He's on an antibiotics and things are looking much, but that was like, he's yeah. like, this is not the diet I recommend. It was like, because he couldn't eat. It was super uh, duper painful. So they yeah, they yeah. figured that out. I'm glad to hear that. But yeah. here's the cool thing. You know, you're, we're talking about when your audience comes to your rescue. Like if somebody, mm-hmm. like if you really said something that, set off Dave's audience, all all those cigar smokers would come out like, who is that guy? Get him out of here. Exactly. Glenn, you know, couldn't do the show. He does a show every day. And so he's like, look, I'm having surgery, you know, and he got a mammoth, I mean, mammoth amount of gift cards and cards and well wishes. He goes, he goes, you really don't realize how much 
that you kind of impact people's lives until you have to step back and then they impact yours. It was, I told him, I said, dude, you got to record that. That's like a, because of my podcast story, like nobody's business. But if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. Or another way that you can support the book is, of course, to buy the book, Profit from Your Podcast. It says now available for pre-order. Actually, it's now available for order. You can go to either schoolofpodcasting.com slash profit book or just go to profitfromyourpodcast.com. So don't. that's the wrong button. (laughs) Hey, I'm on. (laughs) <laughs> it was big screen like oh it's back to me i was gonna i was gonna head out to amazon and see what the current price of uh profits uh, i want to say 12.99 from if you're if you're at amazon although they don't have this at amazon the 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 new fun-filled toy that people are talking about this week is i'll put a link to this is the new shore mv7 mm. and this is an interesting mic because it is a kind of a, it's it's a step above, let's say like a Samson Q2U or the Audio-Technica ATR2100 because those are in the $100 range. Then you get to something like a RE320, which is what I'm talking into, or I don't have the jingle, but the high LPR40, things like that, or the SM7B, I want to say is $400. It's not cheap. And this is clocking in at 250 and so if you're looking for that warm, my buddy Ray Ortega, find him at rayortega.com, has a nice video on it. It's got some cool stuff. You do some things via software. The thing I, I need to go back and watch uh, Ray's video is I don't know if it's as much of a uh, gain hog as the SM7B. Because mm. there's a way to plug it in via USB. If I was using it here with the Roadcaster, I would plug it in via XLR and so I guess that's my question is, do you still need to go buy a cloud lifter or whatever to, to do that? So we shall see. But that's in terms of like, you know, gear things to go. Ooh, and it does come in silver, which I mean, come on, what more do you want? So when I was in North Boston, hanging out with Ed Sullivan, he, we, in his basement studio, we went through the, the different microphones, Sennheiser, 21, uh, did we do a 2100 Q2U? He brought out, we did the headset, you know, the headset mics that they yeah. use, the, the, the audio technica and recorded them all through that Motu O2. I forget, I forget the model number on that. He's kind of talked me into that Motu line of, 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 you know, audio devices for it. So that was fun to kind of go through all those microphones. It was kind of like being a podcast movement, you know, where they have them all lined up and you can kind of test each one of them. And we, we played a segment and then played them um, against each other. So we could kind of be like, okay, this is what this one sounds like. This is what this one sounds like next to this one. And he's got some ridiculous mic from Australia. That's a whole bunch of money too, right? <laughs> that, that that we tried it in. And so it was SM58. We, we did a straight SM58 to see what that sounded like. But Dave, that was a good exercise of like not to just compare one to the other right next to each other. And so, Ed, thanks for spending that time with me to go through those. It was it was a good. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to stay with the Q2U, but I think I am going to replace my Mackie mixer with with the Motu device. Yeah, the Daniel saying the it's it's more sensitive than the SM7B. So is uh, John saying that? So it's not as as hungry. Oh We're having a microphone oh, conversation. There we go. Oh and my then god! Things came in. It's at minus fifty five versus minus fifty nine, and the RE three twenty is minus fifty two. So. But oh, yeah, let the um, microphone nerds come it. out. That's always fun. 
But yeah, the Motu mm. is sweet, I've heard. That's the one mm. that Bandrew loves because it's got an actual, yeah, actually Bandrew uh, review demonstrated the MV7's poor shock absorption, but that made me wonder if the FM7B's absorption is as good as I thought it was. Well, here's my whole thing. Don't hit your microphone when you're talking or pound on the <laughs> desk, you know, that that kind of thing. But I, it's one of those where I'm like, I, I try. I was on ha- I was on hold for about a half hour with Shure. I was trying to get them to send me one to play with. And they first I got probably Mildred at the front desk. And I'm like, can I talk to someone in your marketing department? Uh, I can get you to someone in sales. And I'm like, don't really want sales because they're going to try to sell me one. She goes, but I'll, I'll send you over there to, to the main office. And I'm like, that's cool, whatever. So I'm on hold. And it just all of a sudden just, they like, I just dropped the call. So Jim's got something here on the screen. Ah, uh, there well, it here's is. The, here's the M2 two by two. Uh, Ed likes them because they've got meters. Yeah, and so and you can see, you know, this one was was a 364. Whenever the high price on that, I got the honey tips turned on nice. 169.95 uh, right now. So I'm not sure that's the exact one I'm going to get, but but I am going to. It is. It's a smaller f- footprint. Like I don't I don't really need this Mackie mixer anymore for the most part. I mean, I do bring the the lady in the the tube, as you like to call her, yeah. I do bring her in through the mixer, and I'd have to get some kind of uh, some kind of adapter to make that work on this because it's, it's it is kind of nice. Well, the thing that I realized, I I had some new people at the school of podcasting, and this person said, "Hey, I've I've got this, I've got that, but I understand after looking at your stuff that I really need a mixer." And I was like, "Ooh, I need to update that because I almost don't recommend. I don't." dislike mixers i'm just saying you know for the the price of either like if they could get them in stock the pod track p4 to me you get so much more the the preamps aren't horrible you know and you get the it's it's kind of like a roadcaster only it's smaller and you can do in-person interviews you can do to me that's like the you know the whole the, the holy grail so what oh holy cow now what are we looking at oh i was oh, just sorry motu. i was just uh, yeah i was <laughs> like what what else is available bangs was saying the the motu m4 lets you dial in the remote usb audio level versus the uh, mic audio in your headphones so that got me thinking oh maybe i need the well, m4 jason had a comment i gotta find it talking about a cool ecam it's funny he said this because i was just looking into this Ecam released Elgato. Use your Apple iPad or iPhone as a webcam. It works with OBS Ecam. My guess is that's a Mac thing. Like that won't work on video. But I was looking at it's weird. It's one of those things you can go down. You ever know you're in a rabbit hole and still can't dig yourself out? Mm-hmm. I started looking mm-hmm. at the Sony EV1. It's made for youtubers it doesn't do as much as like the sony a6100 or 6400 and you can't swap out the lens but you're looking at spending about a grand by the time it's done versus some of those things you buy a grand and then you get like one lens and but it's more it's one of those things where and i'm really am stuck because i number one i was like ooh, i can get a blurry background with one button but and you could use it as a webcam but that was the whole thing I was looking at because first I, and I, I love the fact, and this is one of those things, if you're ever worried about being honest, I saw like, I, do you remember I Justine? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she yeah. had one and was just praising it. Like, this is great. And then I watched another one. And they're like, this is the best. If you're doing, you know, YouTube and things like that, this is the camera for you and blah, blah, blah. And I finally found one guy who said, ah, not so quick. He goes, because you, there's a weird thing where the screen blacks out on it. And he was talking about how it gets really, really hot and you might have to do this. And it doesn't. And I was like, that's the one I really was like, okay. Cause I was like ready to like purchase and go to town. And, uh, and it's just one of those where I'm like, really does, does the webcam I have not do what I want it to do? It's like, yeah. I think I look okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I think for most to C920 is just fine or 22 yeah. or 30 or whatever, whatever we're up to. Speaking of microphones, we'd had a kind of a discussion and I can't remember if we did this on the live show for the cigar authority, but Ken uh, Blanchard out in the chat room kind of reminded me of this in, you know, that podcast there it's live they're smoking and like i brought some verner's soda ginger soda with me to 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 drink so that's really hard to do with a microphone and and they use the audio technica that's true right and so you got to be you have to be careful and we talked about having i you know uh, dave's got two studios in there they've got that big studio up front and then next to it is a shut the door soundproof or surround treated where they have, you know, they have traditional microphones and arms and, and, you know, you can do it, you can do a podcast that way. And he's, he, he's can, he didn't want people on that show moving away. Cause they're not, they're not right. You know, they have guests that aren't podcasters that come in here and that, you know, moving away from the microphone, you know, like moving around or whatever. He wanted that sound on them all the time. Well, but because the microphone's there and you're smoking a cigar, you, you got to kind of work it. You have to be careful with it because you're, you're making a lot of mouth noises. The good news is, is I think those headsets minimize that some. You can flip them up and then flip it back down and it stays, you know, the microphone kind of stays in the same place. But it does take a little bit. I found myself going back to the old days where I'd breathe out the side, you know, so that I would, you know, you don't know, you don't do that. You kind yeah. of side <laughs> like that. So you have to see the video to, to see that. So we had a microphone discussion because why wouldn't you at some point we had a microphone discussion. It's a challenge. If you're going to eat or drink or smoke on a show, you got a lot of mouth noises going on. Yeah, that's true. I'd prefer this still to, you know, cause that way I could do this. Yeah. Do what I need to do, take a drink and then bring it back. That's what I'd like. Yeah. They're going crazy in the chat where we're talking about phones as a webcam. And so, yeah, yeah. I just got it. I just got the new iPhone 12. Did you? I did. Look yeah. at you. I did. Yeah, I got it for seven bucks a month on Sprint. They they were offering with the trade in. So I did a trade in. If you're not a Sprint customer, T Mobile, they're the same thing. You can you can get one for free if you want right now. Now we know there's nothing for free, Dave. Right? There's right. nothing for free. But would I take my would I take my phone if I could and turn it into a webcam to put up you know to use? Yeah. No. <laughs> I still wouldn't. I don't want to do that. I, I want a dedicated camera. I don't want to have to reset it every single yeah. time. I do enough of this. So no, I wouldn't. Well, I found there was another program for windows that you plug your phone in via USB and it will turn it into a webcam yeah. and it looked yeah. cool. And there wasn't any, if you didn't go super crazy, 4k, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't a lot of yeah. lag, but I was just like, huh, is that, are, are but you the, paying for the 1040 here on on Streamyard? You're probably not, right? You're you're not getting the the ability to go high def 20. I think we're still 720. So using a phone that gets 4K, that's a little bit of an overkill. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm up to 720. So that's the, yeah, the cool thing. Yeah. But he, our, our good buddy, is back. So I will I will we won't need it. 
but Banks? I will have my hand on the buzzer. Yeah, yeah so. no, we're going to buzz him out for sure. <laughs> hey, Banks. I resent the implications. <laughs> you should, you, you know your part that you play in this show. Does that mean I get paid now? <laughs> uh, you get, I'll tell you what, we'll pay you exactly the same thing they pay me. <laughs> nice. What can uh, we do for you? Regarding EpochCam, Epoch Cam rather, the uh, application that was just bought by Elgato, there's a driver that you can install on Windows or Mac that just shows up as a webcam to any software that supports a webcam. So you get direct access to any program that can use a webcam. It's not only Mac. That's cool. Cool. Uh, and you can plug it in wired, which virtually eliminates all latency. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't want to do anything wireless that way. The wireless comes in two modes. They have a proprietary wireless that goes through the driver and it's actually not too bad. If you know Epos Vox, who uh, does a streaming how-to channel on YouTube and reviews all sorts of things, he did a direct comparison of the wireless version of Epoch Cam after the, the upgrade to Elgato version. And uh, he's getting almost identical latency to a wired camera, which is better than I'm getting. So he must have some super router or something. But there, it's not horrible latency something you'd have to deal with if you're syncing audio or something like that. Yeah. But it's really good. And it also has NDI functionality if you need it. So you can go into a program that only supports NDI. NDI is a cable replacement. So you can have wireless cameras that any current modern day program like OBS can use to bring in different streams. So you can do multicam or whatever. So it's really convenient, and if you feed the audio into one of the old iPhones that has an analog in, it looks beautiful because it doesn't need as much light as most webcams do. One thing that phone cameras are very good at is getting some decent saturation and also having decent low light performance, where a lot of webcams, you just need to crank the light up. Yeah, that's a bangs. That's a really good point that the cameras, they, they put a little more effort <laughs> into those phone cameras than they did into the, into the, the webcams. And so you can, while you may not, for what we're doing, you may not need all the resolution they have. You, I think you're right. You're going to get some, a little bit better light management on it. Anything else, Banks? No, not unless you want to talk about some interesting things, but I'll catch you later. All right. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for jumping in, man. Good to see you. Bye-bye. Yeah. I, speaking of interesting things, it was one of the, I, I don't want to spend, I don't want to go too deep into this rabbit hole, but mm-hmm. Alex Jones was on the Rogan show again. Let me tell you something. Uh, it, it's so, so it's kind of like, so, and what was interesting about it and the reason I think the snowflakes at, at Spotify are going to be okay with it. Anytime Alex said something remotely wacky, like Jared Kushner paid twice as much for 666 Park Avenue, Joe was like, hold on a second. Look that up. And they did. And it was true. And then, and the other thing he did, and I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I just thought it was interesting that every time he said something crazy, Joe would be like, hold on, slow down, look that up. Yeah. And he'd read it. And it was like, he goes, this is what you need. He goes, Alex, you need somebody sitting next to you to go, hold on a second. Yeah. Look that up. So uh, I haven't watched the whole thing, but they were checking it live. Fact checking live. Yeah. Wow. You know, and in some cases it was interesting because the, the websites they were going to were like CNN, 
CNBC, you know, it wasn't like it was all Fox news stuff. And I was like, yeah. that's different. So I just thought it was uh kind of, uh, kind of different. Here's a, a interesting question that I have never even looked for is this is from Brian. This again was some Facebook group that I saw this for the fourth time that I know of a podcaster rebroadcasts one of my shows in his own feed without permission appending his own intro and ads. This time, however, was a first in that he emailed me to tell me that he did it. He explained it would bring me a lot more new listeners and apparently assumed I'd be thrilled. I'm not. Don't ever, ever do this. Just don't. Have you heard of anybody doing this? I, so I have not. I'm not saying it's not happening. Right. But I, I know there's a lot of these shenanigans going along at the highest levels where people are repurposing Joe Rogan stuff or they're repurposing whatever's popular, right? Grab it, download it, put it in your own feed. This happens on YouTube all the time. Yeah, so Ray, I know that's happening. Yeah. Ray, we talked about this on the podcasters round table that Ray's kind of, he goes, I, he goes, he goes hundreds, if not thousands of views. He goes, the minute I put up a video, he goes, people steal it, put it on their own channel. And I go, so when I saw that in Facebook, I was like, I've never even thought to look, I've had people come up to me at like live events and say, Dave Jackson, I've always wanted to meet you. And they're like, great. Yeah. I'm going to be the Dave Jackson of France. I'm going to take your content and just, I'm going to be you. And I just wanted to, and I'm like, okay. Cause I have an affiliate program. I don't speak French, but you know, how about you be you? <laughs> yeah. So, and I've, I've had people say that they're like, I'm just going to take your content and put it out in a different language. And I'm like, okay. okay. You know, Dave, we know this is happening. Let's think about this for a second. If this is happening. So, and we can't stop it. I mean, we can go after him and we can ask him to take him down, but we know we're going to miss some of those kinds of things. Right. How important then is it that you have very clear branding and very clear call to actions in your own podcast, assuming they're not cutting those out, right? Making the mm. assumption because, you know, if they are throwing on YouTube for the ad revenue and they're getting it, I'll be honest. I don't want YouTube's ad, uh, ad revenue at the moment. Yeah. No, that's easy to say because I'm not making anything. But if I was one of these content creators and I was making a ton and some of them are, I, I think, I, I think it's just important that then you were making sure in our content where it's branded appropriately and you've got, you've got host red ads in there that yeah. then we'll get that way if they do get, copied you're still you're you are still getting the exposure i don't know if we have to be happy about it but we just might want to think through like hey at least have one solid call to action or at least be very clear of your own brand right how to get to hey this is where it asks the podcast coach.com yeah <laughs> that's it and I and like i it. always put i used to i don't do it as much as i used to but i need to go back to doing this i always used to put a link it was weird i put a link in the show notes that linked back to its own post. Like, like this is going to be at ask the podcast coach.com slash three one seven. Right. I would I put do. that link in the show notes I do the same because via RSS, this is going to go everywhere and that'll put a link back to my actual website. So yeah. somebody, if somebody just rips off your show notes then and doesn't delete that now they can always go through and do the edits, right. but uh, at least you tried. I mean, I think if you're going to, if you're going to prove, if you're going to prevent that from happening to you or, that's the, that's the wrong way to say it. If it's going to happen and you can't stop it, at least set some things in place to put yourself in the best possible. Well, that was me. I know I have a Google alert set up for school of podcasting. I need to go look at that apparently more often than I haven't looked at it in forever, but I used to just to kind of make sure somebody wasn't 
coming up with a new product called School of Podcasting. Did you just Google it or you had an alert? Is that what you said? Yeah, I had a Google alert for a while. So, but so I just thought that was interesting. I'd never even thought to look for that or, you know, besides, like I said, beside a Google alert set up for the name of my show. And I used to have a one set up for David Jackson, but there's a reporter in England and a basketball player. And that's all I got reports on. Or, and people don't know what to call me anyway. Are you Dave or David? I'm like, whatever. Either one's fine. Well, so, you, you use both. Yeah, I do. So, in, different, in different spots. That's yeah, what If it's legal, I'm I, David. I <laughs> Are you ever James? If James. you're paying me, yeah, for, for medical yeah. and for, for legal stuff, yeah, I'm James. That's yeah. it. it. It is interesting when you just Google your show name, you know, you do get to see are you, where are you showing up? And how are you showing up? And are you showing up? Has somebody else stolen your feed? And so I'm seeing, I just did home gadget geeks and, uh, and it's, you know, the very first thing to show up now, this is, could be localized to me and I didn't do this in, in a incognito, incognito yeah. browser, but you know, the site shows up and then YouTube and then number three, red circle. And that kind of weird. I got another, I got another uh, ping from red circle this week of somebody wanting to collaborate with me. Right. That's their, yeah. That's the thing they do on Red Circle. I may actually do it this time. I said no the first. I may try it uh, here just to see how that goes. But then PodPage, which I think is PodPage, what they're doing a PodPage is amazing. Yeah. To me, I it's think. hard to keep so, up with that guy. Um, he's, I, I, and I wonder if it's just him doing the development. I like, think so. And does he ever take a break? No. <laughs> like, does he sleep? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. It's a, I think it's Brendan, right? Brendan. I think that's, yeah. yeah, Brendan. The dude is just crushing it. I sent him an email yesterday he i had an email back in like 10 minutes yeah it's Uh, crazy are you part of the slack group i am yeah Yeah. that's cool too yeah Yeah, it is about that time when i think about it speaking of of post show and the post show don't know if he's going to because he's probably got little kitties that are doing the whole saturday morning thing but jason bryan said he might stop in to show us that thing he was talking about we might talk about where the heck did my podcast go I am seeing more people thinking it disappeared on Apple Podcasts, and I'll explain why. Jim, what's coming up on TheAverageGuy.tv? Yeah, this week, and I haven't produced it just yet, but all iPhone 12. So Mike, both my co-host and I got a new, got the new iPhone on launch week. We've never done that together. And so it's available. Nice. It'll be available a little bit later. A lot of chat around the iPhone 12. And I was going to hold it up, but I don't know what I did with it. I'm going to be talking about the new zoom pod track p8 it's 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 a weird that's a weird race between roadcaster and and zoom p8 they both have uh, different pros and cons so i'll be talking about that as well and hopefully by the time that comes out on monday i'll have a video tell you what video as fun as they are man those things take a if you want to do it cool with like b-roll and stuff like that i'm like I, that was my thing last night i'm like maybe we're not gonna have b-roll i mean it always looks cool and you can tell when somebody's taking the extra time to really make a cool video but it just especially when you're like well i could do this shot and you're like wait how do i get all the boxes out of the background you're like oh yeah that's mm. and then like right now my desk is just a mess because it's filled with things that i don't know like what do I do with the bandana from the fish nerds? I don't want to throw it away. I love Clay Groves, but, you know, I'm like, I need a box of, like, I have well, a box. With hair going on, you could just wear it. That, <laughs> like, that's, maybe that's Look a new like spot. a pirate. The, the headband. <laughs> but that's, that's what's coming up. Ken wants me to talk like Sean Connery. I don't know. That's what's coming up on the show. Stick around for some post show. 